breathe in the calm and breathe out the crazy. That sounds more accurate. That sounds more accurate. Yeah, that's that's the right way. That's what I meant. <laughs> that's what you meant. I think you knew what I was getting at. I think I did. Yeah. Hi, and welcome to The Improvement Project, a podcast about dabbling in self-improvement 30 days at a time. On today's episode, we are in week two of our meditation and mindfulness challenge, and it's time to check in to see how things are going. I'm Dr. Peggy Malone, a healthcare provider and human being trying my best to be better and encouraging others to do the same. I'm in London, Ontario, Canada, and with me is my much more disciplined friend, Jenny. You know, I'm feeling rather disciplined these days with this specific challenge, Peg. That's me, Jenny Kous, a marketing professional from St. Thomas, Ontario. I'm a small town gal and a big believer in the power of habits. I will do my best to whip our guinea peg into shape and hold her accountable to habit changes that she will undertake one month at a time. I'll be playing along too. And as we take on a new habit each month, we hope to inspire you to become more disciplined, more consistent, happier, healthier, more productive, and overall your own best self. I do want to get into the monthly challenge, but before I do that, I did say when I was introducing myself that I'm from London, Ontario, Canada. That's where I live. But right now I am currently in Jenny's office in her house in St. Thomas. Yeah, you are. This is our first episode where we are face-to-face recording. It's nice. It's cool. Yeah. I like it. It's nice to see you, Jenny. I think this is what we had in mind, right? You know, yeah. when we were having our conversations with each other and we found each other, our conversations to be dazzling, <laughs> you know, worthy of recording. At least this for is... us, at least for us, Absolutely. if nothing else. Right. So for you listening, if you can hear the difference, and when I say here, I mean, can you feel like we're closer, <laughs> like we're getting it together and having a podcast scenario that's good for you too? And maybe not talking over each other because we can see each other. No, that'll still happen. <laughs> I have a lot to say and I'm going to talk over yes, you. Yes, I am the sorry freight about that. train of conversations. <laughs> I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> All right, let's talk about our monthly challenge. We are one week into our second monthly challenge, which has to do with mindfulness and meditation. And we're challenging each other and you to commit to meditating for 10 minutes a day using a meditation app. So one weekend, one of the things that occurred to me that might be helpful if you're a beginner is to talk about the basics of meditation. A lot of times people consider meditation and they think of a Buddhist monk sitting on a pillow or even a concrete ground in cross-legged position meditating for hours. Maybe even floating. Exactly. I've seen the movies. Yes. (laughs) But... For you who are just starting, what you need to know is the basics are you don't have to put yourself in any weird position. You need to be comfortable and you shouldn't be laying down because you want to avoid the whole falling asleep. But sitting comfortably in a chair with your feet on the floor is a-okay. You can also sit cross-legged if that's comfortable. You can also sit on the floor if that's comfortable. But wherever you're comfortable, that's just fine. And I think some people are locked into the idea that it's like it's got to be lotus position with your legs crossed over and that's definitely not right it's kind of like people think that yoga is only for flexible people well yoga is something that helps people to get more flexible just like meditation helps people to gain more mindfulness and at the beginning it's not going to be easy if it was easy everybody just know how to do a buddhist monk floaty business yes for sure so one of the ways that i found that learning the basics is uh, easier is through the Headspace app that I like to use. So for those of you who are just beginning, if you've tried the Headspace app, you already know what I mean. But there is 10 episodes, I guess, or uh, meditations that are at the beginning that 
Andy Puttacombe, who started the Headspace app, it's his voice, and he tells you very specifically what you should be thinking about, what you should be doing, how your body should feel. He really gets into the basics, so you don't have to do anything other than just follow along, do what he says. Mm-hmm. He also says has some really great animations, so it'll give you some visuals of what to be thinking about visually, and it was very helpful for me when I first started, just because sometimes my brain's all over the yard, and I didn't know for sure what I should be thinking about or not thinking about. And then I'm having a conversation in my head about that while I should be thinking about something else. And it was all over everywhere. This basics in Headspace will help bring you down to earth and get you started in a really positive way. So I encourage everybody to do that. I think that Headspace is one of the better apps that I've ever come across in terms of how to get started. I think for people getting started, that's the best way. And I think it's free to do the intro. The intro is free. The first 10. That's how they get you. That's how they get you. (laughs) And by the way, once you get through the first 10, if you want to invest in taking more on of the headspace, that's an option, but there's tons of free meditations out there. Just like we mentioned last episode. So, and I've, I've listed some in the show notes at drpeggymalone.com forward slash podcast. So if you want to do the first 10 on Headspace Mm -hmm. and get the basics, there's always ways to move on to other apps that are free after that. Uh, Speaking of meditation, I recently heard a quote that I think kind of accurately sums up the benefits of meditation. And it was Jerry Seinfeld, who we all know from the show Seinfeld, uh, who's a very well-known stand-up comedian. Um, And he's... Uh, also very well known as being an advocate for meditation. And the quote was, do you know how, (laughs) do you know how three days a year you get a good night's sleep and you wake up and you feel like, oh, this is how I should feel all the time, but you can't get more than three good night's sleep per year because of the circumstances of your life. Well, with meditation, and he's speaking specifically about transcendental meditation, you can have that feeling every day. Um, he also says in kind of the same thing, he says, you know that tremendous feeling of power when your phone is fully charged? Nice. And that's what he's comparing to what it feels like to meditate regularly and, and how that makes you feel. And I, I think that that quote resonates because it, it does. It gives you that feeling of being ready for anything because you've kind of got yourself centered and ready. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts one week in to this challenge? For my own personal meditation practice, I missed one day. It was because we had a ton of visitors and I was out of my routine. Uh, yeah. So I missed one day and I was disappointed because on the Headspace app, it gives yeah. you a how many days in a row you have as a, as, a tra- as a chain or what do they call it? It's um streak, a streak. Yeah. Like a streak. So now I'm back down. I have a streak of four now, mm. which, and I had, I was there, I had my streak. So I'm not yeah. going to break the streak. I'm going to do the rest of the month without breaking the streak. Good for you. How about you? How's it going? Well, I mean, I've said it before. I'm so, so glad that we're doing this challenge. I think it was very well-timed for me and I definitely needed it. This is something I'd been in the habit of doing. And I mean, I can look on my apps and see how well, like the streaks I was on last year and, and this year I have fallen out of it. So it's really nice to have this focused way of like getting really intentional about getting back into this. Uh, It's something that I definitely feel when I'm not doing um, and so right now I'm happy to say I am on a 12 day streak. Amazing. And so for me, streaks are the kind of thing where like I get really into it and like I get so locked in with like, I got to keep up that streak. Yeah. Like I get, um, so into that. So today will be day 13 for me, uh, on this. And when I say that I'm using the calm app 
So that's an app that I used before and I really liked. And then I'd gone to Headspace for a while. Calm used to, I think it used to be free now. It's a paid version. I think um, when I looked at it to get it ready for the show notes for last week, I think the first seven days are free on Calm. Yes. So it's, it, does it give you basics like Headspace does yeah. though? Yeah. So yeah. that's another option too. If you're looking for basics is the Calm app. Yeah. And it gives you, you can walk through the first stretch and, and they give you like how to, how to get started as well. Um, but yeah, so I'm using the Calm app. They have a daily meditation. I, a lot of times I do those. And then I have some favorites that I've saved as well. There's a little feature where you can save the meditation. I really like that. So I've been doing that. And uh, yeah, I I do I do feel a difference. I do feel better. And in 12 days, you're feeling a difference. Abs- yeah, 100%. Well, I would say even in my, in my first week missing that one day, I agree. I feel it too. It what just do you feel? feel? It just feels like, I kind of feel like, oh, right, I'm doing that. And then... I feel the relief of getting back into the habit because I know what I'll feel like once I do it longer. Yes. But I also just feel like a little bit calmer, I think yeah. probably is the best way to describe it. Yeah. Do you, do you, is there another way I you totally can describe it? I feel calmer. And you know, when we've talked about, obviously I like habits. Yes. Yes, you do. But the downside of habits for me is routine because I realized I like habits, but I don't like routine. Okay. So, because it makes every day start to feel the same and I don't. I don't dig that. I like days like, cause then it just feels like life's kind of slipping. Yeah. It by. Just, it's that whole business about creating I, new and novel experience. Yeah. But I feel like meditation slows it down and oh, I notice cool. more and I, oh. I am more present in my daily life. I'm not just going through the motion. So it is the one habit that makes it feel less like drudgery, Cool. which I mean, it can be hard to, to do like it's, you know, there's a lot of times when I'm busy doing things and I'm like, ah, I don't really want to take 10 minutes to sit still because I could be doing this, 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 and exactly. this. And like you say about the little to-do list in your head. But it is one that like that is a, a 10 minute investment that I think pays off all day. Awesome. I, so that's, and I, what I've been doing is, so when I've been doing it is at bedtime. Okay. Uh, and, and Jeff is also meditating. He's He's laying down and falling asleep. <laughs> and it's his, I'm his way up. to fall, fall asleep is yeah. meditation. We get, a, we get about five minutes in and the Calm app has like nature sounds in the background and soon enough for like nature sounds and I hear, <laughs> I'm like, I wonder, I wonder what creature that is. That could be in nature. And I look over and he's sneezing or snoring and I'm sitting on the chair beside her bed and what the heck. But he, so he falls asleep, but that's fine. Um, and so I, I have been doing that. And then right after, because our book 10% happier for this month, I've then been reading a chapter of that. And then I fall asleep. And by the time I've meditated and then read at the end of the day, a full chapter, my eyes are yeah. done and I fall asleep so quickly. I feel like for me, if I tried to meditate at the end of the day, it makes me super sleepy to the point where I just want to go right to sleep. Oh, so wow. is it hard to come back out of it to like wake your brain up enough to read for the half hour? No. Or like you, you finding that's okay? I'm pretty lit up most <laughs> times. So it's... Um, this whole sleep thing is so inconvenient. It's really irritating for me. Um, but yeah, no, I find like that's working well. And um, I like the like reading after, and especially because it's a book about meditation. It seems like a good pairing right now. Awesome. I and would like to start doing it in the morning, though. Yeah. I do I, it in I the think morning. It sets the tone for the day. It, well, and once I've created this new morning routine, I spoke about it, I think, last episode, where I get up, I make my bed, because oh, we've learned about yes. doing that last month. 
I brush my teeth. I go into the kitchen. Oh, first of all, I drink my water. I go into yes. the kitchen. I press the coffee maker button. I sit on the couch. And then while the coffee is brewing, that's when I press play on my Headspace app. And then I have my 10 minutes. And when my 10 minutes is done, then I can go pour my coffee and start my day. Yes. So that's been working well on days when I'm in a good routine. But when it's the weekend day and we had visitors and then I got to get things ready and get food ready and, you know, clean the house and do all these other things, it took me out of that routine. So I have to maybe put in some contingencies for those kind of days. Yeah. And, or just set like a little reminder to say, hey, have you meditated today? Which yeah. I think one of the Which apps... Which the Calm app has. It, well, and I think the Headspace app has that as well. Does it? Yeah, it allows you to set a reminder saying, hey, like, yeah. let's get after that meditation, which yeah. is good. Yeah, that's fantastic. You were talking about uh, the 10% Happier. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit, uh, bring us into some speak about our book report for this month, Jenny. So we are into the second week of our challenge and every month we have a book And as we mentioned, the book this month is 10% Happier by Dan Harris. I'm really liking that book. And it's another one. I I listened to it before, but now I'm reading it. Your brain's taking it in in a slightly different way when you're reading it versus listening. Yeah, because I used to listen to books while I uh, commuted back and forth from St. Thomas to London. And I think you you lose track sometimes if you're in traffic and your your mind wanders um, to you know, hopefully paying attention to driving. (laughs) Yeah. Make sure you're being safe in the car. Um, But I'm really enjoying reading it. And I think it's got a lot of great lessons in it. It's really cool because it gives the, you know, how he got into meditation, which I think is great because he's such a skeptic. He's such, you know, for anybody, you know, we've all had these thoughts about meditation, like, ah, I don't know. And it's cool to read what he says because he's coming from that place. So I think it's a great book. He has a lot of really cool experiences to share. Cool. Um, I shared this book with a friend of mine who's been listening to the podcast. Her name's Andrea, and she put a picture of it up on Instagram. And her comment was, I didn't think I would like this book so much, but to my extroverted skeptic voice in my head, it makes practical meditation possible. So that's that's a good testimonial. That's a really good testimonial. And her hashtags were hashtag break it down, hashtag Dan Harris, hashtag you don't need to levitate to get it. Ooh. So nice. That's awesome. I'm I'm glad you're into it, Andrea. Yes, thank you, Andrea. And thanks for commenting. That's so nice when people I know, take the time great? to do that. Yes, you guys out there that are listening to us, we appreciate Which you. I just feel the need to say, we're we've hit over 500 downloads. People are listening to us. What? It's cool. That blows my mind. It's a pretty cool milestone. I thought we were just going to do this for us. I thought <laughs> we would be the two listeners per episode. If you're listening out there, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. And we're having fun and hopefully you're learning something and it's helping. Yeah. And I've, I had one of my friends contact me and kind of a similar, I'm just pulling out my phone here because I think that this is worthy of mentioning. Like it's just so exciting that, so I reached out to my friend, Kathy, who had joined the Facebook group and she said, Not only did I join the Facebook group, but I was so inspired to start my own challenge. At lunch, I close my office door and strength train and do stretches for 25 minutes, five days a week. I feel so much stronger after just three weeks. You guys are doing good work. I thought that was so cool that she kind of set up her own challenge. Good for you, Kathy. That's awesome. Yeah. Kathy rocks. She's great at this kind of and it's nice because I used to work with Kathy. So it was nice because we're kind of staying in touch. Oh, reconnecting. This. I like yeah, it. Yeah, it's great. 
All right, we're talking a little bit about books, and the other one we mentioned was the book that is called How to Train a Wild Elephant and Other Adventures in Mindfulness by Jan Chosen Bays. And I want to bring an excerpt of this book into this podcast episode. It's filled with all sorts of mindfulness exercises, and this week we're going to try one. So I'm going to read what it says in the book, and then I think, Jenny, I think I'll challenge you and I to do it every day this week until we record again next week. Dang. Now I gotta do it. And hopefully you listeners will also pay attention and do this one as well and let us know what your experience is with it. So the exercise is this. Use your non-dominant hand. So you have to use this non-dominant hand for some ordinary tasks each day. These could include brushing your teeth, combing your hair, or eating with the non-dominant hand for at least part of each meal. If you're up for a big challenge, try using the non-dominant hand when you're writing or eating with chopsticks. So I tried this this morning when I brushed my teeth and it's crazy how difficult it is. Yeah. And it feels weird and you really have to pay attention. So there's something about it that brings you into the moment. Instead of just doing your teeth mindlessly, all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, this is a whole new experience. And this is something that you have told me before in a different context when it comes to taking care of our bodies and, you know, when I'm sitting and the way I cross my leg, cause I sit with my legs up a lot, um, cross-legged and you had told me to switch that up. Switch it up. Well, it'll um, switch for your musculature and your musculoskeletal system, but it'll also give your neurology a little bit of a, oh, that's a different way of doing things. Yes. So it's cool. Like changes up yeah. those pathways that get laid down and bring something new. I feel like the toothbrushing is semi-dangerous. I feel like I'm going to hit myself. Because, you know, that the pain of when you, like, jab yourself with your toothbrush. Have your, Just your, be gentle when you're brushing your teeth. I think I'm an aggressive brusher. <laughs> I do have some, like, gums receding from aggressive toothbrushing. Well, maybe it'll be a good thing for you to use your non-dominant hand. Yeah, you're probably right. All right, I'm just going to... It's going to go one of two ways. <laughs> well, report back next week. Uh, one way to remember this task, according... In the book, this is what she's saying, is to put a Band-Aid on your non-dominant hand or... When you notice it, switch hands and use the non-dominant hand. You could also tape a small sign on your bathroom mirror that says left hand if you're right-handed or tape a paper cutout of a hand to your mirror, refrigerator, (laughs) or your desk, wherever you're likely to see it. That's more involved. That is. Another approach is to tape something to the handle of your toothbrush, reminding you to brush your teeth with the non-dominant hand. Wow. So uh, the one thing that she like that she says about using your non-dominant hand is it brings you into the beginner's mind. So not only does it help bring you into the moment of mindfulness, but it also helps you to appreciate when you're learning something new. And I think parents probably appreciate this when they're watching their kids learning something. I'm very much in the thick of this right now. Right. So I thought about that this morning when I was brushing my teeth, that there was a time in my life when I was maybe Ethan's age, when I was learning to brush my teeth when that's what it was like. So you get into the space where you're like, oh, well, this isn't that easy. Yeah. Well, and he's at that age where it's now just getting sorted out in terms of, because he has always been the kid that we've waited forever to know if he's right or left-handed because he does everything with both Okay. and it's all gone back and forth. So sports, yeah, all of it. Um, but he's settled on writing with his left hand and then playing sports with his right. I don't know. Um, but it's interesting to watch them sort that out. That is cool. Because they have that beginner's mind. Like they literally are beginning. All right. So, uh, give this a try and let us know how you did. We would love to hear from you and let us know your experience with this. You can send us an email at the improvement project at drpeggymalone.com or find us on the socials. Jenny's on Twitter at Jake house and I'm on Instagram at drpeggymalone. 
Now it's time for a segment we call Who Are You Anyway, where we encourage you to reflect on a question or a concept to know yourself a bit better, which will hopefully be good help as you take on new habits. Our Know Yourself Better question today is, do you like a lot of choices or fewer fewer choices? Do you like abundance or simplicity? So in terms of my own personal uh, answer to this question, it makes sense that to me that if having more choices would be cool because now I've got a whole bunch of things that I can choose from and I can choose the best for me. But what it comes down to, and I think probably maybe I'm overthinking it because I sort of know some of the research associated with this, but there is research out there and it outlines something called the paradox of choice. And what it shows is that when people are given too many choices, they are more likely to do nothing or more likely to choose nothing. So the example is if I give you like seven jams to choose from, you wouldn't buy anything. Or if I gave you three, you'd be way more likely to buy something. So that's a, an analogy, I guess, for choice in general. Mm-hmm. It's what I've heard called analysis paralysis. Right. Analysis paralysis. You have too many choices and then you just do nothing because you're like, I don't even know what to do because my brain's spinning and it's telling me a million different things. And what about this? And what about that? Mm-hmm. So I guess it makes sense to me that I would like fewer choices, but good ones. Yes. I have a friend who, a family member who went to Ikea for the first time and oh. left and bought nothing. Because they were, they were overwhelmed. Head spinning. Yeah. Too much. That checks out. What about you? I mean, I think we know. <laughs> our, minimalist, I, our minimalist friend, Jenny. I definitely thrive on less choice. And I know this about myself. I, and it's not just about fewer things. I like to have fewer choices when it comes to making a decision. Um, and yeah, I do prefer to live a lifestyle with fewer possessions. Um, but I find even, you know, for example, when it's time to purchase an item, perhaps a larger item, um, you know, I even remember when I was having my son and it was time to pick out a stroller. Why are there so many strollers on the market? I remember being so irritated that there were so many different strollers that you could choose from. And I remember thinking, how has it not just come to the point where there's three decent strollers that we can all agree are the ones you want? Some are terrible, some are great. Let's just get rid of all that choice and have the three standard ones that have these features that you choose from. It was it was too much and it, it bothered me. It's kind of like um, we talked about the four tendencies that our online pretend best friend Gretchen Rubin talks about. Mm-hmm. You need a questioner to do all the research for you, yes. narrow it down to three, and then now you can make your choice. I, That's what we need for everything in this life. My friend Jill, her husband is such like a researcher. Like yeah. he can like, he'll sit and like do all the, re- I give him so much credit. He's so good at doing that. Like he will do all that research. And I find I don't mind doing some of that, but I find I really get caught up in the like, I'm like, ah, oh, this is too much. There's too much out there. How am I ever going to that analysis choice? paralysis that we were just talking Completely. about? Completely. Yeah. That resonates with me that I yeah. get too many choices and just shut down. Like I like little grocery stores. Oh yeah. You know, cause then you go to a really big grocery store and there's like so many different kinds of everything. I don't know which mustard to get. There's right? 45 different kinds. Like when you go to like a Whole Foods and there's such a limited product selection, like we went to buy cereal. Well, there's no normal, like, uh, like mainstream cereal, right? Commercial it's all cereal, different, yeah. similar. Well, and it was funny because, because I was so thrown off by like the different kinds and I was with, uh, this was when we were in Vancouver, I grabbed a cereal, which I thought was something similar to Cheerios. And I couldn't really tell because the packaging was different. And I kind of just grabbed it, even threw it in the cart. Well, we got it back and it was Fruit Loops. 
Oh, really? Essentially. Like, it was not. Ethan was like, this is the greatest day of my life. So happy. <laughs> he felt like he really got away with something. You know what that is? That's the fruit loophole. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He did. He discovered the fruit loophole. Well put. So, yeah. To sum it up, less choices. And sometimes we make the wrong choice. Oh, with I'm, the fruit really, I'm, I'm really pleased with myself on that You one. should. I'd like you to stretch your arm back. <laughs> Pat yourself firmly on the Pat back. Pat myself for that terrible pun. Nailed it. Got it. Now it is time for What Are You Digging Lately? This segment is one that may or may not be related to our monthly theme. Peggy and I like to talk to each other about what podcasts we've been listening to and enjoying or what books we've been reading, or what random internet hilarity that we found, and we feel like you might find it fun too. Sometimes it's a product, even something totally different. Well, and so each week, each one of us will share something fun that we've pulled from the zeitgeist that we are loving, that we find useful or practical, or just something that is pure frivolity and fun. Now, I got a sneak peek into what you said you were going to be digging this week, and Mm -hmm. so I decided to make it a theme. Okay. And what I'm digging is eyelash extensions. Mm-hmm. So I'm not a girl that really wears a lot of makeup or does a lot to improve the look of my external self <laughs> <laughs> on a regular basis. Yeah. I just go pretty natural. But I found out that you can get eyelash extensions, which is where you go to an esthetician that's trained and they like uh, use adhesive and attach a tiny little eyelash to each one of your eyelashes and make them look fantastic. Like you're wearing... And they are popping. Like you're wearing eyelash eyelashes that are extra and they last for three or four weeks and then you get them filled in again. And I've been doing it for a long time and I love it. I can wake up in the morning and just be like, okay, I'm ready to go. I just look... So do you have any other makeup or any makeup on right now? No. I put moisturizer on my face. That's it. That's awesome. And then the eyelash extensions. See, and I've had, I had them, I want to say maybe two months or so. And then I didn't end up keeping them up, but I did really like it. It is pretty amazing to just wake up and you're boom. Yeah. Because mascara is one of those things that I feel weird without it on. Well, and I don't, I never wore mascara before because it would aggravate my eyes. I have contact lenses. And for some reason, the eyelash extensions, no issues with my contact lenses, but mascara would always bother me. I feel so weird without makeup on, or sorry, without mascara on. It is one of those things that I, like, I can't leave the house without, I feel weird without it. Like you feel like your eyes are not there. Yeah. Like someone told me once, like it was, um, like after a certain age, women look like, you know what a Mr. Potato Head looks like with none of the parts in it. (laughs) That's what you, like when you hit a certain age, that's what your face looks like without makeup. What a terrible thing for you to have in your brain. You're beautiful without mascara too. You've never seen it also. <laughs> it is the Mr. Potato Head situation. So yeah, I, I agree. So yeah, no I'm loving them because I can, I, can just, I can just head out into the world without having to do a single thing. Like no eyeliner, no nothing. Off I go with my eyelash extensions. Nice. So in keeping with the makeup thing, I'm digging generally all day lipstick, specifically um, one made by Revlon that is called Color Stay Overtime Lip Color. This is something that one of my friends gave me two years ago, I want to say. And she her she had had her mom pick it up for me in the States. It's something she uses all the time. And so she'd had her mom grab an extra one when she was over in the States because you can only get it there and bring it back for me. And so I'm not a big lipstick wearer. And she's a friend that we talk on FaceTime a lot because at the time she was living in Vancouver. 
And the first time I put it on, my son was like, her, she has a son, Mateo. And he was like, mom, you look like Mateo's mommy because <laughs> she always has lipstick on. Um, but so you, it's like a two ended tube. You put it on in the morning, like the pigment part, and then you let it dry. And then you put the like, kind of like the gloss thing on over top. It's not super shiny, uh, but then it lasts all day. So I will put it on at like seven in the morning and it will be 10 o'clock at night. And I have to like physically wash it off because it's still there. And well, it still I saw good. you last week at nine o'clock on a Thursday. Yeah. And I even said, oh, were you, like you feeling like you need to put some lipstick on for me? And you're like, I put that on this morning at whatever yeah. time. It's yep. awesome. Yeah, that's great. Because I like having it on because the Mr. Potato Head situation. <laughs> um, but I am irritated with having to reapply. And because I'm drinking tea all day, it's all over my mug. and It's kind of amazing. So it's great. And it's a specific shade that I'm such a fan of. And it's called um, Always Sienna. And, that's what, and I have a feeling that it is a universal color. Like it's something that would look good on everyone because it's kind of a warm, like it's a... It's not like a super bright red. No. It's not like a poppy red. It's more of a berry red. It's like your own, like a normal lip color, but darkened. So I really like that. And I, I had popped over to the States last weekend for something. I haven't been to the States forever. So went over and picked it up at Target. I saw it on the shelf and I had kind of forgotten about it. Um, so pick that up and now I've been wearing it pretty much every day. But of course, now that we're talking about this, I don't have it on today. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's what I'm digging. So Revlon Colorstay Overtime Lip Color. Awesome. In Always Sienna. I'll try it out. I'll try it. I'll try it. All right. I'll do it. All right. Now it's time for a segment we call You Win or You Learn. Each week, Jenny and I will trade off during this segment to let you know where we did something right and there is cause to celebrate or where something perhaps went off the rails and allowed for a learning opportunity. These can be related to our journey as we take on new habits, or they may just be celebrations and bumps in the road in our everyday lives. So this week I get the learn, which I'll uh, go ahead and dive right into. Let's hear it. And it's related to meditation as I've started again. One of the things that I remembered from meditations past, especially when I was getting back into it, is that sometimes when you sit down, your head will be talking to you and you'll have the voices in the monkey mind so hardcore that you can't even focus on anything that the guided meditation is saying. So you know it's only 10 minutes, but the only thing you're thinking about is that to-do list. I got to do this and this and this. I have all these things that I could be using this time to do other than sitting here for 10 minutes. So the learn comes to the fact that consistency is more important than uh, like the quality of one individual meditation and sitting for 10 minutes, no matter what is part of the process. And some days are going to be really crappy. And some days you're going to feel that like blissed out meditation feeling, Mm -hmm. which sometimes for some people happens right away. Sometimes it'll take a while for you to practice till you get to that space. But there is this learning curve of, my brain won't settle down at all. I just feel like it's on fire. It's not doing anything. And I had to relearn that I just have to sit here for the 10 minutes and that is worth something. And that is part of the process. That's awesome. I think that's a great learn. And I, I completely identify with that. I know the last, I want to say the last two nights I've had that experience of my brain is not simmering down. Yeah. And, uh, it can be frustrating. It can be frustrating when you've had the other experience, but I think that's important to remind yourself that the goal is to sit still for 10 minutes and work on it. It's a practice, not a perfect. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, when you said that it triggered something, I wanted to say something about it. Let me see if I can remember what it was. 
Mm-hmm. It'll come back to me. Let's hear your win. So for my win, I really want to dwell on the streak I'm on with meditation because it's been a long time since I've had a streak like this. And just like how we dwell on something negative when it happens and we really ruminate and it gets to us, I want to dwell on this streak I'm on that is 12 days, soon to be 13 tonight when I meditate. Um, because I'm so proud of myself for getting back into it. This is something that's been bothering me that I haven't been doing it because I know the, the real difference that it makes in my life. Uh, and I'm just so glad that we're doing it and that I'm on this streak. It makes me so happy when I'm done meditating and the little thing comes up at the end and says, congrats, you know, your day, whatever. That feels so good to see that. It's so affirming and it gives me that little like jolt of like, yes, I'm doing this. And I love seeing that number get higher. Um, I, when I was meditating regularly before, I would often go between apps, which completely goofs up your streak. Yeah. So I've never beat 15. Oh, that's you're on, almost there. Right? And I'm so looking forward to, because there would always be something, and even if I was on the same app, it would be some weird little thing where I didn't go to bed until late, uh, and I'd meditate at like 12.02, and so it would count for the next day, and you'd lose the streak. Yeah. Oh, so frustrating. So... I'm on the 12 so day streak. You're going to be the 15 by the next time we record. Like next yes. week, you'll be at 20. No bag. Good job. Um, I, I think too, like it's so cool because it's something you need to actively state. Like that's the nice reminder is that that everyday thing, it shows like it's just about sitting down and yeah. doing it. And I heard a really good comparison of meditation to training a puppy to sit where, you know, the, you got to keep bringing the puppy back, bring that, you know, and I was picturing like a little golden retriever, like, you know, we had a dog like that and <laughs> like bringing it back. Okay. No sit. And I feel like that's how I picture my brain when that's it starts to go cool off. Analogy, definitely. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, I remembered what I wanted to say and it's kind oh, of related. Was it? it was when you're in that space where you're sitting just for the 10 minutes, when you're a type A person who has never tried meditation before, and maybe you're a bit of a skeptic, a lot of type A personalities want to do something perfect. Like they want it, (laughs) they want it to be, I'm doing good at this. So in your brain, you're thinking, am I doing it right? Number one, over and over again. And can I do this better? And how do I do this better? Instead of just sitting and letting your brain calm, you're doing that thing that we do, which is like, am I doing it right? How can I get validation for doing this right? What is it that I'm supposed to be doing so I can do it better? So there's something cool about the meditation where you just are forced, or you choose to, obviously, to sit still for 10 minutes, and then that is the goal. It's just to sit still, no matter what happens in your brain. If you've done the 10 minutes, it's a win. Yep. That makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. We are well into our second week of meditating, and we are working to keep up our habit of meditating for 10 minutes per day. We are hoping to be more mindful through this practice, leading to be more present in our daily lives, less reactive, and overall happier. I hope you're embracing this challenge, no matter how strange it can feel to get started with this habit. Next week, we will check in with each other and with you to see how everyone's doing with this new habit. And I'm sure that Peggy and I will geek out some more on some more meditation research and stories to keep you motivated to mindfully stay in the moment. And that's it for this episode of The Improvement Project. Remember to let us know if you like a lot of choices or fewer choices, abundance or simplicity. Email us or send us a voice memo at theimprovementproject at drpeggymalone.com. You'll find all of the resources and links that we mentioned during today's show in the show notes at drpeggymalone.com forward slash podcast. 
please subscribe and rate and review us if you haven't already. It really helps other people to find the podcast so that we can help as many people as possible to create new habits. And we would love to connect on the socials. You can always get our attention on Instagram or Twitter by using the hashtag, hashtag the improvement project. We also have a Facebook group, search for the improvement project on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Now go get to work on improving the most important project that you have. That's you. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay focused and get after it. And that's all I have to say about that. Do you know I get a lot of people quoting Forrest Gump to me? Why do you think that is, Jenny? Good one. Jenny. Jenny. You're smart, Jenny. Uh.